the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. I'm Dottie Herman. You're listening to Iron Real Estate, the only show on radio, truck radio at least, that's all about real estate and all the millions of things that have to do with real estate. And as we have gone through this pandemic and hopefully we're getting to hopefully end, end this thing. So, well, I think it'll be with us a while, but it's really dying down. Real estate has really... <laughs> gone crazy the pandemic has probably let us out. i think this is the best year we've had for i don't know how many years all over the country so it's a very interesting scenario because who would who would have guessed um we love to talk about anything that has to real estate or finance or legal or anything that you want to hear and of course if there's a topic uh, that you are interested in listening to by all means let us know or call us at 866-970-9622. Of course, you know, my co-host, Senior Vice President of Citizens Ace, Citizens Bank, Ace, what is New South Park? Um, The mortgage, I say they're going to off the wall. Good morning, Ace. Good morning, Daddy. It's wonderful to have you here always. I feel like uh, we've been together in this. For God knows it's too long to call. Um, (laughs) I don't even know how many, I lost track of how many years. And uh, our guest who's been on our show many days before, uh, our guest real estate attorney, Stephen R. Wagner. Stephen has been a litigator focusing on corporate real estate law for more than 30 years. He mitigates corporate commercial real estate matters as well as internet defamation and practices in all areas of co-op and condominium law. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. It's great to see you and on the radio, and um, I'm excited about today's show. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk a little about, you know, I always, in the beginning of the show, brush you up on what's current, what currently is going on right this moment. Um, uh, we have a special guest coming on at 11 who has a big real estate company in Canada, and he's going to talk to us a little about what's happening in Canada as far as real estate and what, what parallels us and what seems to be different. Um, and I thought we'd talk about some uh, bidding wars and uh, what you can, <laughs> how you can win them if you're a seller. I mean, oh, how do you pick the right offer? Or how do you set them up? And if you're a buyer and you want to win them, how do you win them uh, without going broke? Uh, so I'd like to start out though, um, with something I'm really pleased to, th- 
talk about. And again, everybody has an opinion. So this might be an opinion. Uh, but I am thrilled to say that I think Manhattan is starting to really come back. I um, agree with you more. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it felt like, you know, it felt like it was back to Manhattan. There was people all over. Uh, there was traffic jams, as I said last week, which I don't love, but that's part of New York City. Uh, when you leave the city to get out of the city, if you don't leave before like 3.30 or 4 o'clock, you can forget it. And of course, it's a pain in the neck, but that's one of the pain in the necks to make us know the city's back. There's cars there. I mean, there was a time when I, when I virtually was a ghost town. There was not a car around. Um, 41 luxury homes went into contract last week. The city, it's a 13th straight week with at least 30 deals worth at least $4 million. 30 deals that were over $4 million or above. 41 luxury homes went into contract in seven days. Now you tell me, and all along when everyone was saying city will never come back, the city never come back. Ace and I was saying BS, don't get, don't ever bet against the city, you're gonna lose. Uh, the luxury market just hit another milestone. Last week was the fourth in a row of deals of 40 or more. The most expensive home was one of the last sponsored units in Tribeca development, which was 30 Park Place by developer of Silverstein Properties and uh, Robert A. Stern. And the five-bedroom duplex went into contract at $25 million, down from $29.5. So yes, it was a price drop. But at $25 million, I think everyone did okay. I think the seller did just fine. And I think the buyer got himself a, a good deal. The second price is duplex was on the Upper East Side last week, and, and the five, it was a 4,600-square-foot, five-bedroom condo, and uh, it was asking $20 million and that went to contract. So I'm very happy to say that. Um, and also, but, but with home buyers... Okay, and, and again, nationally, home buyers saw the biggest. This is nationally, because the only thing that would not, the only thing that wouldn't go nationally is New York City, because New York still, City, although it's going up, is still down from its peak, whereas the rest of the country is all way up. Home prices saw the biggest gains in two years, but home buyers are now starting to get pessimistic. They have been in a, in a decade, thanks to a tight supply and high prices, where they're worrying about affordability factors and are, you know, um, are they going to get priced out? Now, un believe it or not, purchases or consumers with incomes of 50000 to to 100000 were were still optimistic. But some people were, a lot of people were not. They feel that Competition for houses does not appear to be letting up. And I would agree with that. I think you would, Steve and Ace. It took an average of 19 days. Now, I'm not talking about the city. I'm talking nationally now. It took an average of 19 days to sell a home during the, the last four weeks, ending May 2nd. That's down from an average of 35 days. Um, 
a year ago. And before that, I, I would say it would take um, a couple of weeks, a month, two months before something would just sell us was really priced really well. Another record that we made is 48% of the homes that were sold now nationally across the country sold for a lot more than their list price. I uh, am part of the NAR, top 50 uh, brokers in the country. And I was just at a Zoom meeting for the board of directors of the NAR. And of course, everyone across the country reports what's going on in their market. There were states, and I can't remember which ones they were, but everyone was pretty much going crazy. Everyone had no supply, too much demand. They said the, the real estate agents are losing their minds because they don't, they can't even keep up with it. A girl was telling us, uh, uh, a CEO of one of the companies, that on a $350,000 house, because wherever she was, the average house was not that expensive, someone bid $200,000 over it. Now, if you're buying a $2 million house, maybe that's not a lot to bid over. But on, a, on that price, I mean, and that's what we're seeing all over. People bidding way up ask. And that's why I think it would be a good thing later on to talk about bidding wars and philosophies. And of course, there's no right or wrong. There's just different philosophies. So we're going to talk about that. So if we had a little bit more balance, uh, market and we don't see that happening soon uh, but a little more balanced market would encourage more move up buyers because a lot of people would put their homes on the market but they say then where am I going to go there's no there's no homes to buy so if we would get a little more balance so if you're thinking of selling your home number one you'll get top dollar for it I tell you that every week if you're thinking of selling your home in the next couple of years do it now interest rates are low still it's booming and you don't have to buy. Rent for a while. Okay, find some rental. I mean, if you can get top dollar, and I really believe this is one of the best times to sell something at your house. You're going to get top dollar. We have low interest rates. We have no supply. And we have a huge demand. Don't worry about finding your dream house, the second dream house right yet. Find a rental or someplace, you know, a home that you could rent temporarily. Take in that money, and then you'll look around because it'll calm down. Okay. Um, I also wanted to talk about the uh, okay. So the national, um, and maybe Steve, you could tell us a little more about it. But we, we, you know, I was reading that the uh, well, I know in New York it's going to be okay, but the judge um, knocked down the. Uh, eviction plan that was supposed to expire where you can yeah. get it and uh, I know New York voted to extend the eviction ban uh, through August I believe and uh, I think California did in Connecticut uh, during coronavirus however the eviction moratorium was set to expire at the end of the public health emergency on May 20th I don't know if there's going to be any change to that because May 20th is 10 days away, almost, or 12 days away. So Connecticut so far did not change it. And likewise, uh, it looks like Jersey didn't either. So uh, those two states, you'll have to see if there's any last minute changes. 
the sole protection for renters in Florida, there's a, a whole thing in Florida that you can go online to read about if you're in Florida. But I did want to tell you that if you, um, I wrote it down because I wanted those to know that if you're facing an eviction, okay, okay, you can dial 211 or 311, and those are local numbers and they're lines. And there's a lot of programs out there. Obviously, you have to uh, you have to get into them. And of course, I think they're going to look at income and how much money you have. Okay, but you can find out there are programs out there. And uh, hey, Ace, in 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 in, in home ownership, if you miss payments. I was reading, and I didn't know if I got this right, but it said that the 221, uh, the 2021 HARP replacement program could reduce monthly payments as much as 33,700. Is that true? Yeah, that's true, Dottie. Yep. So what is that all about? If you, so it was saying something that if you always paid your mortgage, but you're finding it difficult. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's part of the, um, sort of the forbearance and the furlough act as well uh Dottie. so you know a lot of folks um due to the pandemic they they experienced some hardship um so you know this program came out and and states that if you did defer payments and things of that nature um you still qualify to hopefully if you get back on your feet now you still have the ability to refinance and get a better um rate and be able to refinance last year what happened was if you um, took a forbearance, um, it automatically knocked you out of the um, ability um, to get a refinance. So it's just a program that um, they're, they're coming out with to really help folks that have taken the, the deferral, but actually um, had the ability to pay the mortgage, Dottie. Um, so it's all paid and it's all um, caught up to date. So it's a, it's a really good program for folks right. that are, are not in... Um, the situation because so many so many folks that um, furloughed it or 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 took on the forbearance, um, and they didn't really need the forbearance, right? So it's just well, let this me say this: way. in the beginning, and you know, I don't think there's any rights or wrongs. I think people just did what they had to do. In the beginning, they gave out money to just anybody who got lost their job during the pandemic. They didn't qualify. You could have probably had a million dollars in a bank and still got correct. It. Yep. Okay. Which they didn't have time to think about it. I guess I think everybody, and I'm not being uh, partisan here. I never do that on this show, but I, I just feel that they just didn't know what to do when they said, just let's get people their money so that they don't get thrown out. And um, obviously some people did take advantage of that. So this time around, if you have a million dollars in the bank or 2 million and you say, I can't pay their, my rent, I don't know if they're going to help you out. Okay. And by rights, they probably shouldn't. Okay, so um, this you're going to have to qualify. But everyone, I really feel that every lender, um, even land, and most landlords, look, we're all in this together. We all went through this. We know how tough it's been on all of us. And when somebody's trying, they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt and try, as long as you're not taking advantage. So I think uh, citizens and and, and, and most banks, if you really have an issue and you really have some financial hardship, or maybe you had a health problem, 
um, they're going to work with you as long as you work with them. So, um, I mean, no one just wants to hurt anyone. But we, but again, I always said, don't take advantage if you don't need it. Because then you hurt everyone. So that's all good. Um, yeah, is there, there currently, do you know, $45 billion in rental assistance? I mean, there's assistance that they never gave out. There is $45 billion. I mean, listen to that. In assistance. Okay. That they could blend, but they can give out. They haven't even used it. I'm not sure, and I have to be a little political. I'm not sure why we're getting all this more money when they have money they never even used. So uh, now I would advise you to get an attorney, um, a real estate attorney who knows how to do evictions. And I say that just like, you know, this is not something to use a divorce attorney for who specializes in divorce. But the same token, okay, um, you know, I, you should always use an attorney that specializes in what it is that you're looking for. I wouldn't use a real estate attorney if I was getting divorced. And if I committed a, a crime, a murder or something, or a robbery, I wouldn't use either one of those topics. So you have to use a real estate attorney. But I would say that if you're, if you're facing an eviction, um, get an attorney. I think that's really important and a real estate attorney. And um, Got it. you also, if you if you don't have money, you can get you can get a, a public attorney. I mean, they they do have attorneys. Uh, I have it somewhere. I wrote it. Uh, but there are attorneys that will help you if you have no income or you have very little income and you can't afford an attorney. And the last thing I'm going to say on this is we had this, a lot of people ask me, Dottie, is this a bubble? Are we going to see the, the real estate fall apart? And everybody, including myself, and again, there's no guarantee, but I would say 99.5% sure all the economists, myself, um, we all think no, no bubble. The reason we had a bubble with the last you know, real estate boom was the financing part of that. Ace. Maybe you could tell us the difference between what the banks do now and how they qualify people before they lend the money and how in the last boom, anybody just got money that didn't qualify, didn't put any money down. Oh, Dottie, you know, with, with inventory so low and with the real estate market on fire, so many people ask me, you know, Ace, do you think there's going to be a market crash um, coming soon because of all of the valuations? And, you know, I was just in Long Island yesterday, Dottie, and you know, we were looking at anything two million and below, and it's just a bidding war um, out yes. there, right? But the key difference that I want our listeners to remember is that in 2008, 2009, you know, people were qualifying for mortgage if you had a heartbeat, okay? If you just had a pulse, um, you got a mortgage. Today, it's a lot different. The banks are still checking your credit, and credit is critical and it's king. And they're also checking your income, your assets. So it's a lot more different. There's a lot more due diligence. And, um, you know, the default rate for mortgages has been less than 1%, Dottie. So there are not many, not many foreclosures out there in the marketplace. Um, the, market, the market is healthy. So it, it's a lot different. So there's definitely, there definitely will not be a crash this time around. And um, the, va the values are very healthy. It's been a gradual very increase. Healthy. It's been a gradual I increase, Dottie. So. Right. 
very healthy. I think we're coming to a break. But again, as we'll finish up after this break, people put money down. They didn't buy no money down like stated in. So it's solid. People there's equity in these houses. So we're not we're we're in for another good year. We're gonna be right back when we talk about the state of the market. We're also gonna be talking about bidding for and what you should do with the seller and what you should do with the buyer. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. This year marks 20 years since America's darkest day, September 11, 2001. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's frontline heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays off their mortgage to lift the financial burden and bring their family stability. For catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling our most severely injured heroes to live more independent lives. Our nation's heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me, need your help. Please join Tunnel to Towers on their mission to do good and help these heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. That's T2T.org. Thank you. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it would be too difficult? Then try Babbel. Babbel starts by teaching you words and phrases that gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations. So in 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking a new language in a few weeks. Babbel is built around real life. It teaches you practical conversations that you will actually use. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join us for the Safe Money Radio Show Saturday afternoon at 3. You can also call now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Information Kit and 115-page Safe Money Book at 844-751-SAFE. That's 844-751-SAFE. 844-751-7233. The Safe Money Radio Show Sunday afternoon at 3 on AM 970. The answer. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Radio.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Ed Sofin from Procure Proton Therapy Center located in Somerset, New Jersey. You may be surprised to know that one in seven men will experience a prostate cancer diagnosis in their life. One in seven. So if you or a friend or family member are facing prostate cancer, make sure you do your homework before choosing a treatment strategy to understand that in most cases, invasive surgery is not the only option. 
Procure's Proton Therapy offers a customized, safe, and effective treatment option with an exceptional patient experience and no downtime. For more information or take a next step, please visit www.procure.com or call 855-3-PROTON, 855-3-PROTON. Let me or one of my colleagues help you make the right decision. Discover the Procure difference, precision therapy, passionate care. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. I'm here with our, my co-host, Ace Wazupar, who is our financial expert, and Stephen Wagner, our legal eagle, and he's been on the show many a day. And I'm thrilled to have him. Just wants to finish up. I had uh, mentioned before, and I, and I kind of lost where I had the name, but I said, if you're struggling to make payments and you and you are somebody who's making singly less than $99,000, and if you're a couple making under $198,000 uh, who have been set back or have had huge medical expenses, there's uh, something, and if anyone knows more about it, I, but something that you fill out, it's called the CDC declaration and give your landlord notice. And uh, even though in New York, we do have an extension, mm-hmm. it's always wise to give your landlord notice. And there's papers, see, do you, you, uh, because do you, know, do you know anything about the CDC? What that is? This paper? So, yeah, the, uh, the declaration you're talking about. Right. In New York, um, it's an interesting thing. It gives you two choices. One is the medical, and then the other is just that you've had difficulty in um, uh, paying your bills and that you've been affected by the pandemic. In New York, you're actually, the landlords are actually required to notify the tenants of this and, uh, and uh, have to not only prove it with an affidavit of service, but the lawyer who brings the lawsuit has to submit a statement with the papers that that they confirm that the uh, uh, tenants have been given these rights. And they also supply a, a, a complete list of uh, agencies that will provide um, uh, free legal services, uh, legal aid. So you're asking about, you know, where those are. The landlords in New York are required to give it to you at the same time they're starting lawsuits. And I can tell you. Can you explain a little what's going on with that? Because I was reading something about landlords really like, and again, I said many a day, you know, you have to look at both sides. I mean, it's great to help people out and do the right thing. But if I'm a landlord, I have bills and I have to pay a mortgage too. So as long as you're going to do that, you should really be giving me some, some help also. And I was reading something, Stephen, about the landlord's, trying to sue and they can or they can't. What's going on? Can you fill us in? Yeah, sure. There's, uh, well, first of all, I, the landlords, um, uh, you know, from 2019, when the law changed, the Housing Stability Tenant Protection Act, that's HSTPA of 2019. I mean, the, the, the pendulum shifted way towards the tenants, um, giving them, uh, you know, many rights that, uh, over the years had been eroded. But 
recently, um, the, the tenants have been given even more rights and more like I'm, I represent tenants and landlords, but mostly tenants. And I can tell you that the technical things that I am able to use to get a case dismissed to start it again or to delay a case, if that's in my client's best interest, are remarkable. Um, uh, the uh, landlords have challenged through lawsuits um, the ability of the uh, of the uh, um, legislature to pass these things as a taking of their property without just compensation. And remarkably, the federal courts have not agreed with that. Um, Wait, the federal courts have not agreed with the landlords? Have not agreed with the landlords. That they, the, the, the right to establish these requirements have been upheld. Um, we're waiting, we're waiting. I, there's one case I have a landlord and we're waiting to see hopefully that the appeals will change it. There's actually a law that has relieved guarantors of the obligation to pay, um, even if the tenants, even if they're, they're tenants can't during the pandemic. So in other words, if I guaranteed a loan for my, my daughter and she didn't pay, they're not going to, they maybe can't come after me. But I have to ask you something. I'm not trying to pick a side here. I understand this was a horrible thing. It caught us all off guard. Nobody could even imagine what, what we just went through. And so I'm all for what we did to help people stay in place. But how can it be one-sided? Like, in other words, how, what about these poor landlords who were not compensated anything, had mortgages, had to still pay their payments and weren't getting rent. And I, I have another, I mean, so there didn't seem to be a fair balance. I think they should have done something for the landlords too. Okay. It it's not a fair balance. But, but, but that's so unfair because what that's going to do, I, I would think twice, Ace, you're only, you own property. How do you feel about that? I'm just, and this is just our opinions. We're talking, but um, I think we're allowed to have difference of opinions. I always say that's why I love America, because we're allowed to di have different opinions and we never want to get to a place that, like other countries where if you have a different opinion from the state, then they'll kill you or they'll throw you out or they'll take your property away. So Ace, what are you thinking about that? Because you own land, so I'm trying to get both sides of it. Yeah, I'm not Dottie. saying they shouldn't have done it. I'm just saying, what about the landlords? Yeah, and it, and it's tough, right? And that's why you see a lot of uh, buildings being um, sort of. I mean, look, it's a it's a tough situation. I'm not saying one one side. Um, there's is, no is sides. Than the, there's that's no sides. You know, I I think everybody loses in this situation. But you're right. You know, what about the landlords that have their own mortgage um, to pay? Right, things of that nature. So, look, it's um, it's a tough situation. Um, they need to do something for the landlords to sort of regentrify. Well, um, I, I, I'm you know? agreeing with you. And I also yeah. feel if you're, you know, the city's coming back. Yes. But if, I'm, if I'm thinking of buying investment property, and now is a great time to buy in New York with prices down, I'm going to say, well, wait a second. You know, if this happens, I, you know, I'm not, you know, people think landlords are billionaires and millionaires. Many landlords are regular people making yes. regular incomes who bought, you know, took their little extra money and bought an investment house, a family, like a, a, a two or three family, 
And they need to make payments. All I'm saying is, it's fine that we help people. Nobody should get thrown out of the house, but then you have to do something for the landlords. Correct. And Correct. this has been going on a long time. Now, I have another question for you both, because there's no answer. But my feeling is, and this is my feeling, uh, that they didn't think through. Not that I ever want to be in politics, because you can keep that. But I don't think some of these politicians even think, and I, I like to look to see if they ever had a job in the real world when they make some decisions. And that is bipartisan on both sides. What happens when these eviction bans are over and let's say somebody hasn't paid for a year already and the landlord says, well, the ban is over. Oh, and they say, well, I don't have any money. So, you know, what can I tell you? Now, the courts are gonna be packed. You'll never, you'll be waiting years to begin with. If somebody has no money, it's like, you know, when my daughter got hit by a car, the guy had no insurance or anything. She said, Mom, I'm okay, but the cops told me S-O-L. I said, S-O-L? What does that mean? Excuse my language, it's S-H-I-T, out of luck. Meaning, the man has no insurance. It was his fault, he admits it's his fault, but there's nothing going to get. So what I'm saying is, what happens that when the eviction, when the bans are over and people can't pay? Because as Ace told everyone, nobody, nobody forgave that, you know, they allowed you to pay when things got better. What's going to happen? Did anyone think that through a little bit? It, there's no, not the legislature. What's happening, uh -huh. landlords, landlords are having to make arrangements with the tenants if they want to keep them. Um, and possibly extending the leases and rolling some of that money into their new rent. But it is a huge problem. Not only that, when they now want to go to housing court, the housing courts are going to be so jammed. Exactly. I filed a motion in the case a couple of weeks ago and wanted to have the case heard in three weeks. And the court adjourned it to November. On its yes. own, you can't even go to court. So, so we're looking at, and I just want to be realistic, you know, I'm a realistic person, I'm a tourist. I'm real here and I, and I've been saying this for months, so I'm not just saying now. If they had, this was not thought through well because the people who couldn't pay and got extended time and are not gonna promise people to pay when the time is over. So now the landlords are never gonna get into a court years away and it's gonna lead to a lot of hardship. Um, we'll be back with this giant real estate. Um, we got lots of good stuff. So don't tune out. Tune in. Hi, I'm Karen, owner of Lone Star Transfer. With the gorgeous weather we're experiencing, it's time to start planning a fun getaway and do some spring cleaning. If you are an unhappy timeshare owner, start your cleaning by giving us a call. We will get you out of your unused timeshare quickly. You can then use that money for a real vacation of your choosing. For over a decade, Lone Star Transfer has been helping thousands of people just like you exit their expensive timeshare. We've earned an A-plus rating and have over 600 excellent reviews with the BBB. 
Imagine being timeshare free with no more expensive maintenance fees. Lone Star Transfer guarantees the release of all liability to your timeshare in writing and in a specific time frame. For the best customer service and a free consultation, call 844-284-4860. That's 844-284-4860 or online at LoneStarTransfer.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. When your wedding I do's becomes I don't, would you rather stay at work than come home to avoid fighting? If so, call Health Fan and Associates to get information about divorce and your rights. No one gets married anticipating divorce, but sometimes it's better for you and your children. Tanya Health Fan is a certified matrimonial attorney in New Jersey with 29 years of experience. She's also licensed in New York. Tanya's office handles divorce, custody, alimony, complex financial cases, prenups, mediation, father's rights, change of circumstances, child support, and domestic violence matters. Each family situation is unique. Health and Associates settles 99% of cases, but is prepared to go to trial for you if necessary. Experience, effective, and caring. Offices in Whippany, Paramus, and of counsel in New York City. Health and Associates has your back. Call 973-428-0800 to schedule a free 30-minute consultation. 973-428-0800 or email Tanya at TanyaHealthand.com Divorce is not the end of a family. It's the beginning of a new, hopefully happier life. Take AM 970 The Answer anywhere you go with our mobile app. Get in on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Radio.com. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, so I've been taking Garlic, and it works. I take Garlic every day to help maintain healthy cholesterol. No garlic breath. And garlic is a world leader in garlic potency, so you know it works. Take charge of your cholesterol with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Back and um, here you're listening to Iron Real Estate. I'm Zadi Herman, and we're back with H1 Supart, my co-host, and Stephen Wagner, our legal counsel. And we're in the midst of talking about when these bans are lifted uh, and people have to pay eventually, and they can't, which is what we think. And Stephen just talked about the courts being overloaded. You'll never get, you know, what happens? What do you see happening? 
It's difficult. They can't, uh, you can't get blood from a stone. Um, and if you are going to evict, um, because the people don't have money at the end of this process, then you're going to have vacancies and you're still not going to be paid. So you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, the landlords are, uh, I'm uh, dealing with are trying to work things out with their tenants, um, uh, either giving some rent reduction or postponing uh, rent uh, or extending leases in commercial cases, but uh, you know, building the uh, lost rent into it. Um, uh, I also have, you know, I was talking to an attorney uh, uh, the other day who does foreclosures, and he's uh, he's uh, busier than a bee. Um, there's really? he's allowed to take the foreclosures right up to the point where they uh, where they foreclose. So he's still litigating these things. Most of it's paperwork, but uh, you know these are these are problems. You know it's it's interesting because it creates the, the situation itself creates a buying opportunity for somebody who's interested in 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 buying. Um, Absolutely. But it creates a horror show for people who are in the middle of it and don't have the the staying power. You know the uh, the finances to hang in there. Um, and, and that's and that's really what I feel is an inequity because um, if you have the financial resources to hang in there, eventually you'll get there. But if you don't, you're just going to go bust. Now, or sell, or sell. But is, it is as Stephen said: if you have any intentions of buying. New York City, which was just about unaffordable in certain ways, I've said, it needed to, I think it's a little, it's good that the prices came down a little bit because it really had gotten to a point where nobody could afford to be here and we're seeing young people come back and I think it's going to be a healthy mix again. But as I said, there's going to be many problems and I wonder sometimes with uh, our uh, our public officials, I think, you know, I like to look at their backgrounds and see if they've ever worked before or they understand anything about business because sometimes I don't know how they're thinking. And again, this is bipartisan on both sides. But Stephen, let me ask you something. Discuss, tell us a little bit what you see in the opening up amenities in New York when it's coming back. Uh, discuss with us what's the new normal for working and what is permitted as residential use in apartments, what is restricted? And another question, I know there might be suits with, like the, with the pandemic, is there liability? Because I talked about it on one of my shows that we're supposed to have some kind of liability that somebody couldn't sue and say, you know, you were an unsafe uh, building, you didn't do social distancing and I got COVID from you. Uh, and that never happened. We never passed anything like that. But discuss the pandemic possible liability for someone who's getting ill and how rules are enforced. Well, there's, there's two things. Let's talk about the new normal, which was your first question. Yes, the yes. What normal, do you see that looking like? Where you, I, I am sitting at, a, at my, a desk at my home and I'm not going into work because I don't have to. I can do everything remotely, even court appearances. 
I can do remotely. Um, that's the new normal. And I myself have office space in Midtown. Um, I'm in a situation where it's like a WeWork place, but it's, it, it has private offices instead of an open area. And I reduced the number of offices I took, which because I have attorneys who are not coming into the office every day are working remotely. I, I think that that's the new normal. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, you're talking about hurting landlords. I mean, they have to pay, commercial landlords have to pay their mortgages too. And it, it is, it is um, the prices, if somebody is looking for space and they ha absolutely have to have the space, um, the prices have come down for commercial space. Um, although I can tell you also that I've heard of a bunch of different companies, law firms in particular, where they are now requiring it, um, like in May, they're going to start requiring people to come back in to the office. I've heard that also, Stephen. So I want to ask you a question because I heard that there are companies, you know, look, we're all, I, the only one that's not a baby boomer is Ace. But baby boomers, we used to go into work every single day and then some. I worked seven days a week. So when the pandemic hit and we were on shutdown, uh, like I was losing my mind, actually. Uh, but after a while, I said, maybe these uh, millennials, because the millennials really, unlike the baby boomers, always wanted, not that we didn't want it, but we didn't know any better. We just worked. Um, and nothing was about balance. Where the millennials were saying, hey, listen, we want to work. We want to make a lot of money. Hey, but we want to have time to golf. We want to have time to have family time with our families and, you know, times that we're away from the office. We don't want to be there every day and didn't get it. But after the pandemic and, and, and experiencing it because we were all forced to work at home, that's not so bad. I'm like, hey, listen, through Zoom and stuff, I mean, you can't replace social interaction. So I would never want to go into work. But I, you know, I think, wow, this is like not too bad. And, and you know, you go to work a couple of days and you work at home a couple of days. And I think that's going to be the new normal, which if that is true, then that allows people to actually move further away from cities. It, it, it opens up a whole nother exactly. uh, set of exactly. possibilities. Yeah, Although I, I know the schools, my daughter's a teacher in the New York City schools. Now, she's been in school every day teaching in person. She, but, as a, but they have a choice at this point. They can be remote or they can be in school. Uh, in September, they're not going to have a choice. They have to be in school. Uh, there's no more remote. Um, I, you know, and so I think that that changes, but... If I'm an employer and I say, okay, everyone has to go back to work and they have to be in the office. Uh, obviously, maybe if somebody has some kind of sickness, they can, 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 can I as an employee, do I have a right? I mean, anyone can do anything they want, but if I don't go back, can they fire me? If I say, listen, I, I'm not sick, but I really am not comfortable yet going back. When, I mean, and now they're saying we're not gonna reach herd immunity, uh, that it's gonna be kind of like the flu where you're going to have a booster every year or something like that. Can, can, can you do that? Can you tell an employee they have to go back and then they say, well, I don't really feel comfortable going back right now. And 
Can they get fired? It depends on the um, le, uh, the uh, you know employee employer relationship. If there's a union contract or something like that, you really have to look at the contract. Most employees are at will employees. Uh, they don't have contracts uh, saying they get so many you know years of uh, right. And you know they they get hired, they come to work, they have a salary, and then there's a policy for the. Uh, company that is, will, will describe those rights. I heard, um, in fact, I know of a case very recently where a, uh, a woman who uh, went home to Canada uh, was told she had to come back to the office beginning uh, like this month, May, and um, she didn't want to. And so she went out and got another job that enabled her to stay. And then the, the employer came back to her and said, okay, you can stay. Um, she moved, she, she decided to change jobs anyway, but that's kind of the dynamic too. Um, if you're a good employee and you're profitable and you're uh, working hard, I mean, they're not, the, the, the owner of the business is not gonna wanna lose you. So I, you'll, have, you'll negotiate. Well, I think what you're saying, and I think it's the advice that we try to give everyone on this show, uh, whether you're somebody who's renting um, and maybe you can't afford the payments or you're having a rough time, it's always best to talk to, you know, the landlord, try to work it out because most landlords, I believe, are reasonable. And if they have a good tenant who they know is not really trying to take advantage of them, this is going through a rough spot, more than likely they don't want to lose them and they'll work it out. And the same thing with, uh, you know, employees. Uh, I'm sure if you were a good employer, employee, and everyone has to go back. And I think a lot of the companies are doing that to try to help the city with the office space because, uh, you know, we're going to try to, you know, fill up that office space. But I think that everything, you know, everyone should try to work things out first. Wouldn't you agree? I I, I agree. I have a, um, I bought a two family in uh, Brooklyn, in Brooklyn. I remember when you did. In 2019. And we have tenants. And the tenants, some, they, they were not able to work. So what I did is some of them were very, very handy. And I arranged with them, actually my wife Barbara did, that they were going to uh, create a garden in the rear yard and clean up that yard and make it beautiful. And we, so that's how we worked it out. We That's very creative. Yeah, and, and it was a win-win because they created something that they love, an amenity, which improved the value of my, my property and they made money. And I was happy to pay them because I would have probably paid a lot more money to a, a, an independent company if I had to pay and they were interested in profit and overhead and everything else. It worked out very nicely. So you can be creative on these things and you tr should try to. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's good. So, so you say the new normal is kind of what? <laughs> well, people are gonna be working from home and, uh, and, and going in when they need to have a business meeting that can't be done on Zoom or something like that. But even closings now are being done remotely. One other thing you, you mentioned is how does that affect people at, at their home? In New York City, 
Um, the zoning resolution has a classification called home occupation. And a home occupation allows people who reside in apartments to work from home without it being considered a commercial or business use. It's a home occupation is still- Isn't there, if you did that, wouldn't there be like a deduction? If you had a home office, because I know, not that I work from home, but I know that most CPAs tell you, if you put a home office in that you work at a home, it's a red flag for the IRS to come after you. Well, it, it used to be, um, but uh, you know, I'm doing it now and my wife Barbara is working from home now. And our uh, our accountant has not told us to, told us really not worry about it. Um, that it's not so much of a red flag anymore. I don't anymore. Know. Yeah, but it was. Oh yes, it used to be a red flag, absolutely. But but you're able to do it now, and uh, people are doing it. It's part of the new normal. Yes, yeah, so, so many things have changed. So what what? Stephen, what is the liability for someone getting someone ill? Did. Like, if somebody gets ill, uh, is there a liability for somebody getting ill, and how is that enforced? Well, uh, you know, there technically, hypothetically, there could be liability, um, but it is difficult to say that you got coronavirus here and right. there. Um, um, my clients have uh, uh, instituted protocols where they uh, at first were hiring companies to come in and sanitize um, uh, if there was a move or just generally from time to time more than before. Um, the tendency now is, and, but, and a lot of that has come in house because the, the equipment to spray the, spray the, uh, uh, you know, the chemicals is not that expensive. So people started doing it, landlords started doing it in-house um, with their own staff. There also was a question early on in the pandemic about, you know, uh, what can you require? How can you prevent people from, uh, you know, not wearing masks and this and that? And um, uh, I, my advice to my client to be safe, clients to be safe was, Assume that everybody has COVID. Require people to wear masks no matter what. And you can't be wrong. We're going to do a little break. You know, I'm going to talk to you.